0: This is the Life Truth Network. Truth Exposed, episode forty five.
1: Truth Exposed, a feature of Quest for Truth take a deep dive into scripture. Now located at life-truth.com. Here are your hosts, Keith Helsley and Nathan Caldwell.
2: Hey everybody, this is uh, your host Keith, and it is time on Quest for Truth for our monthly Truth Exposed. Uh, this episode where we take a deep dive looking into scripture, we don't have a lot of verses today, but we... Uh, give it a fair amount of attention. Uh, you will hear uh, briefly from, and shortly uh, from my co-host, Nathan Caldwell, who will uh, chime in with a couple uh, uh, bits of input, and our uh, favorite long-deceased radio Bible teacher, Jay Warner McGee. Uh, you know, these verses are really self-explanatory, there's not a lot to comment on them, and you'll notice that the comments are sparse from our co-hosts. And it, uh, as for me, well, I turn to uh, a source uh, to expound on the uh, scripture that John writes here. And that uh, source is, well, the Bible itself. And you'll you'll see what I mean when we get into this in our main topic in a few minutes. Hey, you know, one thing that listeners who have been enjoying these truth exposures for some time may begin to realize is... We often like to refer to the big book of Bible difficulties to bring up challenges to Scripture. And you notice that lately we haven't been doing that. Well, because there's not really any challenges. Uh, not to get into I think around John chapter 14. So everything we've been reading pretty much uh, in John uh, 11, 12, and 13, it uh, is pretty much uncontested. There's not a lot of people out there shaking their fist at the scripture and saying, I challenge you. <laughs> That's kind of why we we include that resource whenever uh, the authors uh, have some input on it. Anyway, I just thought I would explain that as a simple matter of housekeeping. And For those of you who are long-time listeners and don't know what I'm talking about, well, go back and listen to our previous episodes. We uh, frequently have uh, at least one, sometimes several challenges. And uh, just stay tuned. We'll get to it eventually. Um, anyway, I don't have a lot of other housekeeping to say besides that. Uh, so stay. here's a few words from the good folks at the Christian Podcast Community. A groping number of podcasters. Uh, and uh, you'll hear some that sound like this.
0: How is your flame of truth, Christian? Is it burning bright? Hi, I'm Rebecca Bershwinger, creator and host of
1: One Little Candle, a weekly podcast dedicated to encouraging, empowering, and equipping believers to be the light that God has called us to be so that we may pass down undefiled the truth of God's infallible word to the
0: next generation. So join me and light your own little corner of the world.
1: You can listen to One Little Candle on all major podcast platforms or at christianpodcastcommunity.org.
0: Two, two, two great books and one website. Visit
2: strivingforeternity.org. There are two books that I would like to recommend you purchase. What they, meaning people who aren't Christians, other religions believe, and what we believe. Systematic Theology Made Simple. Both are great resources, especially if you plan
0: on witnessing to somebody. Strivingforeternity.org.
2: Main topic. Hey, before I get going here, I want to uh, really quick review uh, what happens up to John chapter twelve, starting at verse forty-four. You may recall in this chapter, uh, it comes on the heels of the triumphant entry. Uh, curiosity seekers, some Greek Jews have come. Uh, They wanted to see Lazarus because they wanted to see this man who was uh, raised from the dead. And they heard, apparently, that Jesus was there. And, of course, their attention shifted towards Jesus. They went to Philip and Andrew, asked for an audience. And and Jesus willingly uh, taught them uh, about who he is. And they uh, understood that he was the Messiah, although he taught some... Uh, difficult things about what that meant and then it it says he went off uh, and stopped teaching went off by himself but yeah we have these last six verses or so uh, tacked in here at the end of chapter 12 and this is my personal take on this I kind of feel that uh, as is John's par for the course uh, he doesn't always tell everything he doesn't he doesn't go into details of Jesus' sermons. In fact, he wraps up his book by saying there is much more that can be said. And I think these final uh, six or so verses are uh, representative of possibly some of the things that Jesus said while he is teaching these Greek speakers. Uh, it certainly goes hand in hand uh, with what he w- was teaching them. Uh, but look at John twelve forty-four,
0: Verse 44 Jesus cried and said, he that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but on him that sent me.
2: Uh, Jesus cried out and said, he who believes in me does not believe in me, but in he who sent me. Now, of course, I'm reading this from the New American Standard Bible, the NASB. And I just want to refer to where he says, Jesus cried and said, he that believeth on me, we see this in John 7:28. 28, Jesus cried out in the temple, teaching and saying, You both know me and know where I am from, and I have not come of myself, but he who has sent me is true, who you do not know. Uh, we also see John 11:43, when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Uh, Lazarus, come forth. You know, and of course, when there's something to proclaim, uh, Jesus cries it out, and any of uh, his uh, preachers uh, should do the same as they cry out the truth. Um, When it's the part of the verse where it says, He that believeth on me, this is not the first time Jesus. Uh, said these kind of things in, in John thirteen twenty, truly truly I say to you he who receives whomever I send receives me and he who receives me receives him who sent me we get that words out right uh, Matthew 10 40 uh, he who receives he who receives you receives me and he who receives me receives him who sent me uh, Mark nine thirty-seven says something similar whoever receives one child like this in my name receives me and whoever receives me does not receive me but he who sent me uh, we can see there's a very close uh, relationship uh, where, between God and Jesus where uh, one is doing uh, the same as he sees the other doing. Uh, and Moving on then to uh, verse 45.
0: And he that sees me sees him that sent me.
2: He who sees me sees the one who sent me. Uh, This goes back to, uh, I'm sorry, this goes, we can look look forward to John uh, 14, uh, 9 and 10. Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you and yet you have not? Come to know me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us a Father? Uh, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The word that I say to you, I do not speak of my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his work. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 6. uh, For God who said, uh, light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God and the faith of Christ. Uh, Colossians 1.15, uh, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Uh, Hebrews 1.3, And He is the radiance of His glory and the exact representation of His nature and upholds all things by the word of His power. When he had made purification of sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Uh, and we could say more. Uh, there's other references where Jesus uh, repeatedly teaches this concept. Uh, in verse 46, I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness.
0: I am come, a light unto the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Did you get this? Isn't that
2: amazing
0: thing that he's saying here? I'm come, a light unto the world. This is an extension of this time that he opened the eyes of the blind man. He says, if you believe on me, you believe on the, the person that sent me. He's referring to a the father there. Then it says, he that believes on me... Will not abide in darkness
2: now this uh, I'm come a light unto the world it goes to john twelve thirty five and thirty six what we've talked about earlier as we studied this chapter, uh, so Jesus said to them, for a little while longer, the light is among you. Walk while you have the light, so the darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke, and he went away and hid himself from them. See, this is what I was referring to earlier. Uh, this same theme uh, is expounded on in this, these last batch of verses. Uh, you know, Jesus at this point, John records, uh, he's already left. But this sort of, did Jesus uh, teach these uh, teach this to these? Uh, Greek Jews, did he teach it to his disciples? Uh, Again, I I got a feeling that it's a little bit of expounding on what he did teach, his curiosity-seeking Greek Jews, uh, and very well also his disciples, too, because it's just a repeated theme. And we see it all the way back to John 1, verses 4 and 5. Uh, In him was life, and the light was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. John three nineteen This is the judgment that the light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil uh, John eight twelve then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, "I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk wh- he who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life." John nine five and verse thirty nine. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Uh, in verse thirty nine, and Jesus said, "For judgment I came into this world, so that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind." Of course, that was uh, teaching in reference with the blind man that he had healed. So you see this theme recurring uh, through Jesus' ministry and teachings um let's see there's just a lot of references here there's so many to unpack Uh, verse 47 if anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them i do not judge him for i did not come to judge the world but to save the world
0: he that rejecteth me and receives not my words has one that judges him the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. He said, they will be judged. They've heard what I said. They will be judged by it.
2: So what does that mean when he says, I do not judge him? Because you know, clearly, in a sense, Jesus does judge in that he shines a light on things. But let's look Pick this apart just a little bit.
0: And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not.
2: In John 5:45, do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. The one who accuses you is Moses, in whom you have set your hope. Jesus is telling uh, Jewish believers in a temple that they, it's the law of Moses that judges them. Uh, but we could also go. On to John 8, 15, uh, you judge according to the flesh. I am not judging anyone, verse 16, but even, but even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone in this, but I am the Father who sent me, verse 26. I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who has sent me is true. And the things which I heard from him, these I speak to the world. So Jesus isn't saying anything judgmental that God himself is not saying. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. Uh, and we can refer to John three seventeen. For God did not send that his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Um, now, of course, the world is judged already, and we'll get to that first. Reference a little bit, uh, Matthew eighteen eleven, for the Son of Man hath come to save that which is lost. Matthew twenty twenty eight, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life for ransom for many. Uh, see, these are the reasons why Jesus came. He, his physical mission on earth was not judgmental; it was to seek and to save and to serve. Uh, And I am now scanning through. Of course, again, there are so many uh, additional references uh, to support Jesus's teachings there. Uh, But let's go on to verse 48. He who has rejected me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him on the last day.
0: He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him the word that I've spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. And friends, you will be judged by the word of God, not by your little good works or what
2: you think religion is. It's what the word of God says. He who rejects Oh, okay. So you see, what is it that judges? Is it Jesus? No, it's the Word. What Word? The Word that was sent by God through Jesus to the world. Uh, That is what judges. The Word is what judges, and it's God's Word. Let's look at. uh, what It says, "He who rejects uh, me." uh, How's it put it? Who rejects? Or rejecteth me. Uh, the, the person who rejects, this is what you need to be concerned about. Jesus' word is the same. It's it's the one who rejects. Um, Deuteronomy 18.19 says this, It shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself require it of him. Uh, so if God sends a word and don't listen, uh, it's now on you. You own your own judgment. Uh first Samuel eight seven. The Lord says to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in regard to all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me for being king over them. So again, that's sort of an example of you know God's sent word. He said, Hey people, you don't have a king, but they wanted a king. They're not rejecting, in this case, Samuel. They're rejecting God's word. And there's consequences that come from that. Matthew 21, 42. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scripture the stone which the builders rejected? This became a chief cornerstone. This came about from the Lord and it is marvelous in our eyes. Um, I think that comes from Isaiah. Where'd it go? Isaiah 53, 3. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised. And we did not esteem him. Okay, it wasn't that one. (laughs) Uh, But that's another one that links to this is that, hey, you know, you have the answer. You're looking at the answer. You're listening to the answer. We go, oh, no, that's not it. That's not what I want. That's not it. Well, that is the answer. Jesus is the answer, and God's word is the answer. You can reject it, but hey, and now it's on you. That is what judges you. Um, Luke um, 7.30 says much the same thing. The Pharisees and lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves, uh, not having been baptized by John. Uh, that wasn't it exactly. Uh, Luke nine twenty two and twenty six, uh, saying the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised up on the third day. Twenty six, for he whoever is ashamed of me and my word, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory. And the glory of the Father and of the Holy Angels. Continuing on, uh, Luke ten sixteen uh, says, "The one who listens to you listens to me, and the one who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects the one who sent me." You see, this theme this continues to be shared by other gospel writers. Um, uh, Luke even also carries on the thought that. Uh, in Luke seventeen twenty-five, but first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Um, and uh, this is; these are not new concepts. These are things that clearly Jesus widely taught. Oh, uh, well, here we go. Um, mentioned earlier that uh, you know, the word I spoke is in this verse. It also relates to John three seventeen uh, through twenty. Uh, we re- I read John three seventeen earlier, but let's read that and what follows here. Uh, verse seventeen: For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. He who believes in Him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Verse 19, This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and men loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. Verse 20, For, er- for everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light, for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Now, Wow. Uh, Jesus may say he doesn't judge, and he doesn't. It's the words of his that judge, but it's not his words. They're God's words. Uh, he is light. And why do people hate the light? Because they don't want their uh, ugliness of evil to be exposed. But until that happens, until you understand that uh, your your deeds are as evil and ugly as they are, uh, you'll never understand why you need to repent and believe. Now Mark sixteen sixteen 16 uh, states this, he who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. Believe and be baptized. He goes on to say, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. Now the, the thing that repeats there is your belief. You believe, you're saved. You're disbelieved, you're not saved. Now baptism is important. But you notice that the lack of baptism doesn't disqualify you, but a lack of belief will. And actually, it's repent and believe is a more full way of stating that. Now, here's something in 2 Thessalonians one eight. Dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. So you see, if if there's any judgment relating to Jesus, it's not uh, Jesus. It's about your obedience. It's about your rejection. Uh, We're 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 already judged, were already condemned, and to reject Jesus is to simply remain condemned. Oh. Uh, Matthew uh, 25, 31 says, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. This is the last day, right? Uh, Romans two sixteen: On the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge, the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. So on this last day, uh, there is judgment. Uh, whether you want to say Jesus judges, whether you want to say God judges, judges, it will be the words of God that have come through Jesus that judge. Uh, see Hebrews nine twenty-seven and 28. Uh, and inasmuch as it is pointed for man to die once, and after this comes judgment. Verse 28, so Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins for many, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin for those who eagerly await him. Wow, I can't think of anything to add to that. That is awesome. Uh, Verse 49, here we go. Uh, For I did not speak on my own initiative. But the Father himself who sent me has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak.
0: For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak.
2: And here we are, again, returning to this theme of Jesus only speaks what he's directed. The commands he gives are the commands that God has laid forth, which, again, takes us back to uh, the commands of Moses. If, you, if you're if you not going to believe on Christ, believe you will be judged by the, the commands that Moses gave, because those are also God's words. Uh, but Moses' words, that only uh, holds condemnation and judgment. Jesus' words offers hope.
0: Friends, you will be judged by the word of God, not by your little good works or
2: what you think religion is. It's what the word of God says. Uh, John 5:30 I can do nothing on my own initiative, as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will but the will of him who sent me. Now, I can't tell the number of times people have told me, you're being judgmental. It's like, you know, if I was speaking my own words, I would agree with you, but I'm speaking the words that, that are here in Scripture. Uh, it's Scripture that's judging, if you feel judged. Uh, I, I sympathize. I'm in your boat, because <laughs> so it judges me, too. Oh, um, And let's see, John fourteen ten. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his work. Um, see, these teachings are nothing unique to this passage. They are all over the Gospels, all over the book of John, all over the writings of Paul. No. Finally here in verse 50, I know that his commandment is eternal life. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the father has told me.
0: And I know that this commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the father said unto me, so I speak. And that is where chapter 12 ends. It's interesting that Jesus was God. is God in the flesh. God, the son, the third part of the Godhead. But yet while on this earth, he was obedient to the father. Thank you.
2: You know, we should be precise. Uh, you know, when we speak what scripture says, we should speak precisely what scripture says. Don't read into it, um, If you're going to share an opinion, as I often do, but I always try to let people know, you know, this is something I've thought about. This is my takeaway. This is my own idea here. If it's something that's precisely in Scripture, uh, we will do well to speak what Scripture says without adding or subtracting to it. And I know that His commandment is life everlasting. Uh, John six sixty three and verse sixty eight. Uh, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. Verse 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. (laughs) In between part there, as Jesus had just preached, eat my flesh and drink my blood, and it really grossed a lot of people out. And he even offered his disciples to leave. And Peter says those words, you are, you have words of eternal life. John seventeen three. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Wow. In um, 1 John 2, 25. This is the promise which he himself made to us, eternal life. Wow. That is the promise. That is the command of Jesus. And I do think that's all I have to say on this uh, and so let's hold that thought as we continue uh, the, our study of John and pick up the next chapter chapter 13 will be our next session so see you then did you know that striving Fraternity provides speakers and seminars that we would come to your
0: church and disciple your people. We have seminars on the Bible interpretation made easy, creation science, evangelism, presuppositional apologetics, even on sexual abuse. These are just some of the many things that we could provide for your church. Consider inviting one of our speakers to your church. You can contact us at speaker at strivingforeternity.org.
1: If the practice principle is vital for teaching such morally neutral tasks mm-hmm. as tying shoes, how much more important is it for training children in Christ-like character? This is Yvette Hampton, host of the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Join us each week for a new episode as we offer encouragement and resources on biblical discipleship from popular speakers and authors, as well as parents just like you and me. Find out more at schoolhouserocked.com or listen anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Harm, host of All God's Women podcast and internationally syndicated radio show. I'd love to invite you to join me as we bring to life the stories of women in the Bible and discover their relevance for our lives today. Listen at allgodswomen.com, your favorite podcast platform, or at christianpodcastcommunity.org.
2: All right, well, hey, there we go. Not a super long episode, but Definitely, uh, scripture has plenty to say on this. In fact, Jesus had plenty to say on this because he repeatedly expressed uh, his close connection with God, uh, speaking and acting only in accordance to. Uh, what God dictates as we should as well but anyway um, next up on our schedule we'll be returning to our uh, random topics that we like to explore with our quest for truth, hey you know what, if you have a topic you want to hear us discuss or talk about uh, send it to us coming up very shortly we'll have Anthony Russo to tell you how to send us uh, emails, comments Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff. Uh, So, hey, do that. Thanks for listening. This is your your host, Keith, signing off. Saying thanks for listening. Tell a friend about us. That's how we really grow our audience and listenership the most. But, hey, if you feel up to it, leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast directory using your favorite podcast app. If you don't know how to do that, you know what? Send an email, and I'll see if we can't look something up. Hey, that's all you got. So hey, here comes Anthony Russo, and he's going to tell you all about some calls of action of what like to do and how to contact us. So then we're going to take it away then.
1: Visit life-truth.com, where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Life Truth Page. Follow us on Twitter at H P N Cast. capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at Facebook.com forward slash Protectors of the Book. Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerbe at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May God richly bless you. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. Thanks for listening.